Hey, this is Scotty Dingus, pastor of West Logan Church. We are glad you're joining us for our podcast today. I hope you find what you need in today's message. Uh, one of the most heartbreaking things, I guess, that I hear people say so often is this. What is the point of all this? Or what is the purpose of what's happening? And they, they, they say that because there's a certain pain going on or a sickness or a relational issue or a job issue or money issue. And, and we ask the question, what is the purpose? What is the point to this? And, and, and I've been there before and I've thought it. I've even said it out loud. Why in the world, what good does this do me right now or anybody around me? And, and we think those thoughts a lot of times when certain things are not going the way that we think they could be. And we hear people say it. What's the purpose in this because of what they're facing? And it's usually about a certain kind of pain. And, you know, pain hits everybody differently. I can try, I might have been through something like you before, and I can try to be empathetic towards that with you and, and try to, to put myself where you're at and identify. But really in the moment, I really don't know what you're going through in the moment because certain pains affect everybody differently. But the Bible lets us know that Jesus understands everything we've ever went through. Even from our failures, our mistakes, you're like, well, Jesus never failed or made a mistake. But he took up on failure and mistake and sin upon the cross. He experienced it while he was dying on the cross according to Scripture. So in all ways, he knows how to identify with what we're going through. And, and, and you know, the problem with pain is, is that we don't know the point of it sometimes. And that becomes a problem with it. I mean, how many of you all like pain today? I mean, you just say, man, I can't wait to get some pain today. I mean, I, I'm looking forward to something painful. I want someone to just smack me. You know, I don't like that. I mean, I'm not looking for some type of pain. Uh, but I would argue it's not the pain sometimes that we are uh, aggravated with. We don't know the purpose of what the pain is saying. Many times we're okay with pain if we know the purpose. When I went through my surgery, worst, worst day, two days of my life was probably between 12, worst 24 hours is between 12 hours after the surgery to about 36 to 48 hours, somewhere around there. I mean, the pain, but I knew the point of it. It was better for me. It was going to heal me. It was going to do some good things for me. So I, I knew that. And I was telling the 9 a.m. service, I wish David quick, he usually comes to the 9, wish he was there. For 18 months, I'd done CrossFit with David. Uh, I went in about uh, a soft, chubby 210. 18 months later, I was solid, but still ate everything I could eat inside. Never ate right while I was doing just exercise. Enjoyed it for about 18 months. And, and, and then he moved, and then he took his CrossFit gym with him because there's not a CrossFit gym around. And then he came back, and I said, I'm not getting back into that mess. Um, but, it, it, but, you know, after about 18 months, I was like a 213, some chubby, all right? And, and I was like, man, I, I really enjoyed that workout. But we would buy this different equipment. That I, he inherited a few things from me. I said, just keep it. I don't, want, I don't even want to look at those things. But the first time I went to work out with him, yeah, we would work out at 6 a.m., and we'd done it for like 9, 10 months, the first 9, 10 months. And, I mean, it'd be like when you're doing squats until you're sick of squats and you do these weights and you put up like 140 pounds or 35 pounds and you're doing all this stuff or 185 and then you do a squat with it and you drop it and then you do these burpees. Then you jump over the bar and you do burpees and you grab that and you do it until you're sick. And honestly, I laid there like I was dying the first morning. But I knew this is going to make a better Scotty, Right. 
Uh, and then I even talked about this morning too about uh, running. I, I was doing a lot of running, got up to doing half marathon stuff. But when I first started training to run, me and Todd Thompson was running together. He said, you don't tell people I was running at one time. Don't, don't do it after the first service. I said, well, I'm going to tell them again at 11, just for you. <laughs> but anyways, you know, Todd's legs, when we was running, he'd be, woof, woof, woof. me, just to keep up. We'd be running beside each other. I said, Todd, do me a favor. Because my legs would get really tired. Man, my legs are okay. I said, because they don't move as much. He said, well, whatever, man. I said, okay, you tell me when you hit 200 steps. And I said, I'll tell you how many I got. He said, I hit 200. How many did you have? I said, 239. I told you, Todd, I'm working harder than you. Though we're beside each other. Uh, but, you know, I, I would enter 5Ks and 10Ks, but I would pay for it, but I knew what the pain would be. And, and, but I knew the purpose of it. And I said all that to say that sometimes we have a hard time dealing with pain when we don't know the purpose of it. But I want to tell you this today. There's always a purpose to any pain or suffering that we may go through. God can always make something good out of it. I want to look at the story of Peter today. Luke 22, verse 31 through 34. It starts out like this. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. But he said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. He said, listen, I'm your guy. You want someone to stick it out with you, Jesus? I'm your guy. Have you ever had someone say, I'm with you to the end, but they're not? But they, they, Peter's like, I'm with you. And he meant it. He really meant it. But then he said to him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you, prison, death. And then he said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you deny three times that you know me. Jesus is saying to Simon Peter this. Listen, Satan really is coming after you. And he's asked me for permission. I'm going to allow him to do it. We see this also in the story of Job, that Satan literally has to go get permission. Sometimes the trials we go through, God just allows us to go through them. But it's they, Satan's just testing us. And God's like, listen, I'm going to show you. I and he's basically saying, Peter, I believe in you. It's going to be okay. You're going to deny me three times, but I still love you. You're going to fail me, but I'm still going to love you. And I'm praying for you that your faith may not fail. And the devil wants that permission to do certain attacks on our life. And listen, we, he'll attack anything. He'll attack anything. Relationships, your money, your job, your emotions, your health. I mean, so many things that there's more people wounded today emotionally than physically. We're living in a wounded time. People are just hurt. They are disappointed. They are resentful. They are angry. All because there's been some pain in our life. And right now you may have something difficult that's going on. You may feel isolated. You may have job loss. You may have sickness going on. There's so many things. And, and maybe you've been praying and praying. And it seems like this thing never changes. Like it just always stays right there in front of you. And you may be looking for God in the middle of the chaos and the mess. And I'll go ahead and tell you, there's many times I'm looking for God in the middle of my chaos. Like, God, what, what's the point of this? What is this? And, and, you know, the psalmist would ask questions like that to God. Like, God, where are you? It's okay to question God in, those, in that manner. God, because the psalmist did, and God didn't smite him. But when you begin to question God and say, God, you can't do this, and you can't do that, I mean, you don't tell God what to do. But when you begin to say, you know, what's the purpose to all of this? If there is ever a person to look at in Scripture and to feel better about yourself, it's Peter. 
He's that guy. I mean, he followed Jesus and God was preparing him for pain and he even told him, he said, it's okay because I'm praying for you. Do you realize that God will prepare you before the pain ever comes? That he's already placed things in your life to endure the pain. The enemy attacks our marriages, our relationships, finances. He attacks our jobs. He attacks our emotions, our physical health. So many things he'll test in our life. He'll, even te- he'll test the relationship with children in your life and all that. But sometimes God's preparation, it comes packaged in pain. The greatest things that I've ever inherited in my life came from hard work and sometimes it came through pain. I didn't understand it then, but when I look back at it, I say, I am so thankful that that happened in my life because if it had not happened, I would not know how to minister to this person or treat that person. You've heard me say my biggest hurts I ever had. Two different preachers really, man, like, you know, you put your trust in pastors and preachers. You don't want them to disappoint you. And I'll tell you what, get really close to me. I'll eventually disappoint you. I'll try not to, but I probably will uh, do something. But they really like, it was like attacking. It wasn't just like, you know, bypassing and that was years ago and both times I had to learn how to get over that but I look in moments in ministry I wouldn't have handled things right and I would have hurt people just like they hurt me if I hadn't been through the pain it was some of the worst pain that I had ever been through was those words those hurts those disappointments and it was like even abandonment but sometimes God's preparation it comes packaged as pain in other words there's a purpose to your pain that God may be using the pain that we're enduring to do something in us before he does something through us the pain that we're experiencing is simply preparation now we're going to talk about Peter and his mess ups today and I remember when I was, I, it was in 99, 1999, I preached a message on Peter. I can tell you, I preached at two different churches. I could not find the sermon. I was wanting to go back and just see what it looked like. It was probably ridiculous to look at. Anytime I look at something I'd done years ago, I look at it and I'm like, what was I even thinking? That makes no sense. Uh, but apparently God knew what he was doing then and, and, and all that. But I, I wanted to, to talk to you about a few things that Peter really messed up. And now you've got to understand that he was following Jesus and he messed up. Do you realize that believers mess up? Okay, let's accept that. The problem is, is that we have an expectation of ourselves sometimes, and we have an expectation of church believers to have perfection. There's going to be mess ups. Peter literally followed Jesus, and Jesus would have to rebuke him. We find the first one in Matthew 16, that Jesus is predicting his death. He's saying, man, I'm, I'm called to be here and, and I'm going to die for everybody's sins. He was letting them know but on the third day I'm going to raise again. And Peter said, no, you're not. No, you're staying with us, Jesus. We're going to live and die together right here. You know, uh, so this is it. This is, we're, going to, we're going to be on the road together. We're going to evangelize. And, and Jesus is like, you know, this is why God sent me. And Peter said, no. And in that very moment, Jesus had enough. You know what he said to Peter? He said, get behind me. You're a stumbling block to others or you're a stumbling block. And he said, get behind me, Satan. Now, I'll go ahead and tell you guys, don't ever call your wife Satan. She can call you whatever she wants. But listen, you're not allowed to call somebody, especially your spouse. But can you imagine Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. This is one he's called. Peter had already laid hands on the sick and seen him recover. He already went out two by twos, cleansing the lepers and healing the sick. God was using Peter. And then next moment, Peter has a fleshly moment. And God looks at him and says, get back. He calls him Satan. 
Now, that is pretty serious stuff. Here's Jesus. He's declaring his divine calling. And Peter says, it's not going to happen to you. And he says, get behind me, Satan. Then the next one's Matthew 26 in the Garden of Gethsemane. We know that Jesus is praying to where his sweat turns into blood and great drops of blood. And he is just, that's where really Jesus died. I know he died on the cross, but that's when he was able to accept it and say, Lord, if it's your will, let it pass. But if not, I'll take it. I'll, I'll drink this cup. I'll go to the cross. And it was in that moment that he denied his flesh to the point that his spirit rose up so big that he was able to go to the cross. But he had asked some people to go pray with him in the garden, and he went to go check on them. And to see if they were still praying with him. Have you ever went to check to see if someone was still with you? Call them. Are, are, are you with me on that? And, you know, it's good to hear, yeah, man, ride or die, I'm with you. And then sometimes you pick up that phone and, no, I just can't do it no more. It's not there. And you really needed that assurance. But it's not there. Jesus went for that assurance of prayer because he's still 100% God, 100% flesh. And Peter fell asleep. And Jesus like, can you not tarry an hour with me? And that same storyline is when Jesus was betrayed. He comes out of the garden. He's there. Roman soldiers come and Judas betrays him. And a whole different story. But do you realize that Jesus knew Judas was going to betray him, but Jesus still loved Judas? That means even when you mess it up to the biggest and even Jesus knows you're going to mess it up, sees you messing up, he still loves you. That's amazing. It's just amazing. That's, that's his grace. But Peter wants to defend Jesus. You're not going to die. You know, get behind me, Satan. I'm going to pray with you. Can't make it in prayer. Well, also the Roman soldiers come. He knows they're supposed to come get him for him to be crucified. He, he grabs a sword. He goes for his head, misses his head because he's not a good shot. Takes off the guy's ear. What does Jesus do? He goes around. I, I imagine he's like, where's that ear at? Mm. Heals him. Heals the guy. I'll show you, Peter. You're not going to cut his ear off. And there's another time that Peter was sitting there like, I'm just trying to protect him. I mean, he meant well. Sometimes we mean very well, but yet some things just don't work out well for us. And pain happens and failure happens. And then there's the big one that we read our text. It talked about Peter denying Jesus three times. Peter's like, ride or die, I'm your God, never leave you. You know, you show up at my house 3 o'clock in the morning with a shovel, I know we're going to go bury somebody. That's the guy, he, you know, Peter, that's what he was feeling. Y'all have any of those friends? Don't tell me. I'm joking. I'm joking. But anyways, Peter did not say that I'm just not going to deny you once, but I'm not going to deny you twice. I won't deny you three. I'm not going to deny you at all. And, and, but Peter, knowing that he said he wouldn't do it, but he denied him all three times that Jesus said he would. But on the third time, he denies him. He curses. He denies him. And when he looks up, Jesus and him make eye contact. They're close enough to where they see each other's eyes. Can I tell you what Peter didn't see? He didn't see judgment. Because mm -mm. Jesus already told him he's going to do it. He said, he, he, he didn't see, look, it's you, arrogant Peter. You know, he had some arrogance and some big moments. He's like, we're working this for you. This is going to be something that helps you. He said, because remember, I'm praying for you. But the Bible says that Peter ran outside and he wept bitterly. 
I mean, could you imagine? That means he was holding. He had more pain and disappointment and resentment in him than he could take. And there's times we have that. I mean, when you lose someone you love, even. I mean, there's so much pain in that moment. It's more than you can take sometimes more. And you're praying and you're asking God. Or just a catastrophe happens in your life. Things that you never planned on happen. And they happen and you weep bitterly to God. Because it's more than you can take. And Peter was at that moment that more than he could take. And the pain he felt. He probably was saying, I'm such a failure. I let God down. I haven't, I haven't lived up to my potential. I know I'm better than this. There's times I looked in the mirror and said, Scotty, then it's your better than this. Come on, pick it up. I don't know if y'all ever motivate yourself like that. I make sure no one else is watching, but I give myself that speech. Come on, get it together. But th- I started thinking about the time that we're living in. I mean, we got people really working double. We got teachers working double time. Can't imagine what they're going through. Uh, I can't imagine some parents. They went back to elementary school with their kid at home, (laughs) some of them. I mean, or even secondary education. I mean, just so many different things. You got hospital workers with undue pressure. You got first responders not knowing what they're bringing home, what they're going to run into. You got people in emotional wreck. And I'll go and tell you, I've been healthy emotionally through all this. And I got a stat the other day that bothered me, but I know how to make myself busy. I know how to do, get things rolling on different ends. And i seen a stat that was astounding to me. And when Barna Group puts out a stat, it's just the real deal. They do a lot of church stuff. But 1% of pastors had emotional depression or emotional, what they call some type of diagnosis, 1% of them before the pandemic. During the pandemic, and I talk to these pastors all the time, and they'll call, but they put out a stat, 20% of pastors, one out of five pastors, because their congregations are just missing. Oh, does it bother me? You better believe it bothers me, but at the same time, I know that they're there. I know that people need to be safe. I know that people need to take care of themselves and be wise. And, and, and I know who's going to come is going to come. And, and, and you just got to get your mind on those things. There's so many, and I can identify with the pastors. I see what they're going through, and I have them call me, or I'm talking, or they're asking me to do something on certain things or levels in different places. But there's people right now facing things that they've never faced. Our nation's in a time of it's troublesome. I mean, we may be experiencing the tip of the iceberg, the world's in the pandemic, just not America, but even our friends in Uganda, they just opened up school two or three weeks ago, and those teachers, if they're not teaching, they don't get paid. And those people isn't allowed to go out. They can't have church unless they could do temperature checks. That's it. stuff is expensive out there. You gotta, you know, when you start talking to them, it's more expensive for them to buy that there than it is for us even here. So where we will look at this, where's God in all this? What is the purpose? Can I tell you, Jesus is still yet king. He's still yet Lord, that we don't depend upon a man, and we don't look to a man to do it, but that Jesus is the one that we depend upon. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the deliverer. He's the healer. He's the God that gives us peace beyond all understanding, that when we seek first his kingdom, that he makes sure that everything that we have need of, he still yet gives it to us, that he's not left us, that he's not forsaken. And here's Peter in his failure. And he's, where is God in all this? What is the purpose of it? Where was God in the middle of his pain, his regret? And sometimes God's preparation comes packaged as pain. That's why I try to tell myself not to look at life from the perspective of pain. But when there is pain, what is the purpose of his pain? What is, what is it that God can do? 
Because I'm going to tell you, as a minister, there's certain things I cannot minister with a great anointing. I can minister for the anointing out of it if I've never been through it. But if I have been through that, the anointing that I carry because of the pain that I've come through is even greater when I minister out of that and I've came through it. There's always a purpose for it. See, we have to understand that all great anointings go through pain. All great purposes go through pain. All great leaders, they've got to be birthed through times of pain and trouble. Realize that God may be doing something in you before he does something through you. You've got to catch that because before sometimes God can get something through you to be done, there's certain things that's got to be worked in you. And sometimes that is pain and that's difficult things. God may have allowed you to go through this time so you could strengthen someone else. The Bible says in Romans 8 and 28, and we know that all things work together for the good to those who love God, those who are called according to these purposes. And, and yes, Peter failed. But can I tell you something else about Peter? He loved God and he still failed. Peter was called. Just because he failed doesn't mean he was not called. He denied Jesus and cursed in his presence the third time. But he was seeing it called according to the purpose of God. It did not mean that he did not love God. He still loved God and failed. Let me tell you, Peter loved God, still failed. Let me tell you this as well. Peter did not expect to fail, but he did. I don't wake up in the morning and say, man, I'm going to mess it up miserably. I'll get myself in the biggest mess that I can. I mean, you know, who, who does that? A crazy person, right? They need counseling, prayer, deliverance. But God works in all things. Everything, whatever you're going through, whatever season you're going through, God brings his purposes out of it. Can I tell you, whatever happens in Logan, good, bad, ugly, God still has a purpose for it. Whatever happens in your household, good, bad, or ugly, God's got a purpose for it. Whatever happens in our nation, listen to me. Whatever happens in our nation, God is still God. He's still on the throne and he's still in charge. He is our source. We gotta believe God. I can't imagine some of the pain that some's experiencing probably today. I mean, I, there's things going on probably in your life that no one knows about, or the depth of the hurt that you have. Maybe the very thing you dreaded the most is what God might use to develop in you so that you can use it in a great way. In fact, the stronger the pain might be an indication of the bigger purpose that God has for you on the other side. Pain is frustrating. Even Jesus' words to Peter was the most encouraging, though, though pain was frustrating because he said, listen, Satan's asked for you. He wants to sift you as wheat. In other words, just crumble you. Just crumble you. He said, but this is what Jesus said. I'm going to pray for you, and I have prayed for you, that your faith should not fail. You know, I've seen people, and they come to me, Pastor, I have no faith. I go to the Bible. I said, you believe the Bible? Yes, I believe the Bible. I said, here's the scripture. It says that God has dealt to every man, every person's ever lived, a measure of faith. So yes, you do have faith. Everybody has faith. We're all saved. Everybody's got faith. Everybody's created to go to heaven. Everybody's created to serve God. 
Whether they do that or not or answer the call that God has for them, that's up to them. But I'm telling you, God's called every person on the universe that's ever been, ever lived and breathed there to go to heaven. And he's placed faith in them all. James 1 and 2 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall in various trials. I mean, what could be joyful about pain and disappointment and resentment and, and all these other things? That doesn't sound good or joyful. But I'm telling you, what God's doing in you and the purpose is where the joy is. You count it joy that Satan wants to attack you because something must be right in your life if he's coming against you. And there's something that God can bring brilliantly out of it. Let's go to the next two verses. It says, Knowing the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. God says, I want you to count as joy because I'm working purposes in your life, and when I get done with you, you're not going to lack anything. When God says you're going to lack nothing, that means nothing. Nothing in the Greek means nothing. No-brainer, right? Count it as joy. God's preparing you for what's ahead, no matter the pain you're going through today. They'll come to the music. Let's read this scripture one more time. Luke 22 and 32. Jesus said, but I prayed for you that your faith should not fail and that when you return to me, strengthen your brethren. Now, first of all, Jesus prayed for Peter. He said, I see the future. You're going to fail me. You're going to deny me three times. But I have prayed for you that your faith wouldn't fail. So just because you failed don't mean your faith failed. Well, they have no faith. Look at what they're doing right now. That ain't up to you to say anything. Who are you? Jesus prayed for a man knowing he's going to fail. Deny, curse. Second of all, Jesus believed in Peter. He would not allow him to go through what he went through. He didn't believe him. So when you're going through something, just know this, God believes in you. Thanks for listening today. If you'd like to reach out to us, please contact us through social media or at westloganchurch.com.